0: I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because Everything starts with you. Hello and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast and I'm your host, Jamalka Rodriguez, and I have an incredible guest today, Lindsay Phillips. I'm so excited to talk to her, but before we do, let me read you her bio. Lizzie Phillips is the CEO of Smooth Sailing Business Growth and Smooth Business Podcasting. So she is, she's an expert at this. She is a content marketing and podcast expert, which we all need, um, host of Leverage Your Podcast Show and creator of the Podcast Leverage System. Growing a successful content marketing agency, launching her own podcast and clients, she quickly learned the true power of podcasting, skeptical at first. And scared of putting herself out there, her do it anyway attitude paid off in her business and has grown 60% each year consistently. Lindsay has been featured on MSN, NBC, Fox, published on Huffington Post, Go Solo, guesting on podcasts like John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and Joe Fearless' Best Podcast Ever, and has shared her expertise on events such as Dream Business Academy, Podfest. And service business edge. She loves helping entrepreneurs build their authority and increase their visibility through the power of podcasting with her full service podcasting and content marketing service. Welcome, welcome, Lindsay.
1: Good to see you again. Of course, I've had you on my show, which you were a stellar guest talking about your quizzes.
0: Yes, and um, still doing those quizzes. They people love love them as lead magnets. But tell me a little bit about your business and what you do for your clients.
1: Yeah, I used to focus more on content marketing. And then we niche down to podcasting. I mean, we do launches and production a little bit, but I love focusing on leveraging the podcast. So whether you're a host or a guest, not just to put it out there once and say, oh, my podcast is released, my episode's live. But really use the audio, the video, the content, the tips, the quotes, so that you can nurture and attract your prospects and convert them to paying clients.
0: I love that because a lot of times we put our podcast out there and you took all the time and effort to do it. You have the guests, you have the production and all that. And then you just put it on once and it's done. Yeah. So I love that you use all the marketing elements and leverage it. For much more content use overall.
1: Correct? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things we have to do, right? As an entrepreneur. And then half of it is like, Oh my God, what am I going to email the list this week? Oh my God, what am I going to put out on social next week? And you can just, (laughs) you know, do I have to write another blog? Do I have to do videos? It's like, no, you can just have your podcast and like repurpose, multiply, publish, distribute, like get it out there and just use it and leverage it. And then you're not killing yourself.
0: I love that. Actually, I'm going to probably take that tip for myself instead of like putting all that (laughs) effort. You're right on that. Just use my guest as content to talk about. That's a really, really great idea. Let me ask you this, Lindsay, this wouldn't be a brand therapist podcast. if I didn't ask you about your childhood. Tell me a story about your childhood and how it reflects on what you did today.
1: I am a crazy, like, I like to organize. I don't like when things are in chaos. My brother, I would like to organize his Lego. I'm like, no, you have to keep it in your kit. (laughs) Like if It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship. (laughs) You can't mix it with all the other stuff. And like, it would drive me crazy. Like, you just have this big pile of, and I'm like, no, it has to be organized. You have to keep it as it's supposed to be. And I guess I've always sort of been that way. I kind of think very logistically and like in buckets. And I like, I love my project management tools, my systems, like everything has to be in its place.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. You know, as entrepreneurs, especially as solo entrepreneurs, for some of us, systems are The thing, if you don't have systems, how do you leverage your business and and grow? Like you said, 60% year on year. Like, how do you do that if you're not using systems?
1: Yeah. And I've learned the hard way. I remember I pivoted from being a VA to a content marketing firm. And as soon as I did that and dialed in my messaging, all of a sudden I got like a flood of clients and I... Oh, it was like the worst month. Like you're like, I was like, yes, it was good that I had clients, (laughs) but I didn't have anything to support it. And then I had to like all of a sudden hire and then I had to like manage them. And I had no, I had systems in place for other stuff, but not to support that new growth. And like, yes, I dropped balls and I was burning the candles at both ends and I was so stressed out. And so I'm now for like slow and consistent growth. And taking that time to like set up those systems, processes and procedures so that when things do pick up or, you know, it ebbs and flows, then I know I'm not gonna like have a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Let me ask you, what's your favorite system? I love teamwork. So I use that. I love Google as well. And I love me a good spreadsheet. It's like when we're planning out our clients' podcasts, we map out like what episodes are coming up. Do we have their name? Is the interview booked? Do we have like the affiliate links? Do, is it in YouTube? So it's like the spreadsheet is almost like the one-stop shot where you kind of go and quickly see where you're at and know what pieces you're missing and what's coming up. And then the nitty gritty is like in the project management tool of like all the tasks. So whenever there's a new episode that comes out, we launch the task template and bing, 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 bing. So all the tasks populate. So then you're not having to like think about what are all the moving pieces all the time. It's templated. So I know my team isn't, isn't going to miss anything.
0: Oh, I love it. That's really um, important, especially when you have a team. Let me ask you. So I had you do a quiz and because you know, I love my quizzes and you came out as a caregiver. Does that surprise you?
1: I think so. I'm pretty sensitive to other people's emotions that are around me and I am a worry wart by nature. So yeah, I would, I would say that's accurate.
0: So I'm going to read you the card and then I'm going to ask you to define some of the words. A caregiver sees the need in the world and is attracted to experiences that make them feel needed and appreciated. The motivation is family. The need is to support others. The fear is lack of understanding and the behaviors are cares about working closely with others, draws sincere concern about people's well-being and personal development. How does that sound? Hmm.
1: I'm not sure about the part where it's like the understanding. So that would be what I don't. I don't like it when I don't understand what they're feeling.
0: No, it's more like when people don't understand you and what you're trying to do.
1: Oh, I do get frustrated. Oh. <laughs> My husband can tell you. <laughs>
0: I love that. So tell me what helpful means to you.
1: To be helpful, I think, is like other people want to feel heard, right? Like so if I'm helpful to them, then they feel like they're being heard. I don't find helpful is like, oh, let me give you a solution to your problems necessarily. I think just understanding where they're coming from and they feel heard. And if they ask for my advice, I, I'll give it. But I'm not one to jump, oh, what about this? Why don't you do this? Like. I find when people come at me with that, I'm just kind of like, okay, I just need to be heard right now.
0: (laughs) I love that. Responsible.
1: I am big into being responsible. I feel like you honor your word. If you say you're going to do something, you do it regardless. And if you, for some reason you can't, you have to be open, full disclosure, like, hey, I'm sorry, this came up. And then I'll figure out an alternate plan to make sure that it'll get handled. I hate letting people down. It literally makes me feel sick to my stomach, whether it's a client, my teammate, my employees, my friends, family, whoever. And yeah, if I have a list of things that I need to get done or I need to vacuum today because it's my turn or whatever, I do what I'm supposed to do. It just, it's like part of my DNA.
0: I love it. You know, it's so caregiver. Of that. That's very caregiver is responsibility is number one. Like you take on so much responsibility and you want that back too. Like you put accountability on the other people as well because you're expecting them to be as responsible as you are.
1: I know. I hate when other people don't do what like their to do list is. Um just it like I just don't get it. I can't even process that.
0: <laughs> right. Empathetic.
1: To be a good friend and to even my team members, you know, something happens in their life. I'm not going to jump down their throat. Sure, something might inconvenient me, but I'm like, you always have to have empathy. We all have lives, we all have children, family, feelings, things that are going on in our lives. Like, you have to, to me, I'm like, okay, you have to understand and then either come up with a solution or find a way to fix the problem or like, if something's going to fall through, okay, what can we do instead? Yeah, I just don't see the point in being angry with people ever, really. You have to come from a place of empathy, and then the other person is more willing to work with you or whatever that situation is.
0: Yeah. What about nurturing?
1: I wish everyone was a nurturing human being because some people I find don't have enough of that. I think everyone needs a warm hug. (laughs) A cat, a dog to like snuggle and yeah, I've always been like a nurturer. I like to like, you know, even other little kids at the park when I brought my kids, it's like they fall. I rush in, I'm like, Are you okay? I don't know where your mom is right now, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I wanna take people under my wing. And I like to feel nurtured. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel like I'm running and conquering things and going through life and my business without having any kind of support. That's lonely. And it's stressful. You want to have someone in your life that feels like, hey, I got you. You know, you're having a bad day. Come on over and like, let me make you feel better or have a drink with me or whatever it may be. You just want to feel like other people are nurturing and supporting you as well. So, you don't you don't feel so alone.
0: And the last one here is supportive.
1: And I think that just kind of goes into the whole empathy, caregiving, nurturing. If we don't have each other's backs and we don't help each other to me, I'm like, then what's the point? And even like within podcasting, it's like, if if I know that someone like, oh, that person would be a great connection, or this person would be a great guest on your show, or ooh, I know you would be really good on this show, then take that 10 minutes and connect them, you know, other people appreciate that or even commenting on other people's social media. It's like you're you're showing support for what they're doing and you believe in them. You know, it doesn't have to be a big, oh, this person has a big tragedy in their lives. It can just be those little tiny things.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So let me ask you, what is Lindsay's brand all about?
1: I, at first I was like smooth sailing online support. I was a VA firm and then it was smooth sailing business growth as a content marketing. Now it's smooth business podcasting, but I kind of go by leverage your Podcast. And all of it was kind of based on you want things to run smoothly in your business. You don't want added stress. You don't want hiccups. You don't want balls dropped. You just want things to like run smoothly and go well. And so I kind of base on that theory and like you want like smooth waters. Again, I don't have a boat. Everyone asks me all the time. What's I do love water. I love water and I love nature. I do
0: love that. Do you live by water? Um, it is like a 15 minute walk away. I could go to the water. No way. That's awesome. So then you should need a boat.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. I've got a trailer. I'm good with that. I go camping. We go to the beach a lot. Do love that. Yeah, for sure. But I just want to make sure that my clients are they, they have that sense of peace of mind that things are looked after and that my team is always were proactive versus reactive. So always looking out for the client. And like, if you find something that doesn't look quite right, bring it to their attention instead of waiting for them to find it or, you know, Hey, I've got this idea that might, I know it's not what I do, but I think it might serve you. So yeah. So there are a couple of our core values.
0: You know, it's um, so interesting because I love caregivers and I'll say, When caregivers have a business, they are so successful. And the reason why they're so successful is because they have customer service at front of their business. Like it's the first thing they focus on. And they're kind of natural at it. Customer service comes very natural to you, Lindsay. And you might wanna also know that although you have employees that probably don't have that knack, you might need to teach them a little bit. To you, it might be like, oh why don't they do it it's common sense but for you it's just like you just have a feeling for it so just know that when somebody else doesn't have that it's just because they're not built that way um, but you can definitely teach them a lot about taking care of their clients taking care of people and that's why your business grows that much every year is because you put let's say a little bit of heart into everything that you do. And like you said, taking those, that 10 minutes to write somebody. And I know I've received that from you. So I so appreciate it. And you know, those things, those little details are so important to look at, at a conscious level, right? A lot of people don't think about that and how, how that can make somebody's day or even those connections can really help you as you get bigger in your business. So that's pretty amazing. I love how you also moved from all these businesses, but just keeping everything under that umbrella or that theme of smooth, because you're right. Like a lot of business owners have all these things to juggle. And if they know that this is just going to be easy, then that kind of is a really good attraction for them. So let me ask you this. I talk about fame a lot because I write it. I have it in my book. And I think a lot of people are always scared about that word fame. And for me, it's just really about having an impact. Right. And so I'd love for you to tell me a fame story. Just one of and we have many fame stories, right? But tell me one of the fame stories that you remember about, whether it's business or personal, any of those.
1: I remember speaking on stage at an event. And of course, they don't know it was only the first, second, or third time that I've ever spoken. I can't remember which one it was. And so my nerves are like, whoa, like freaking out, right? But once I was there, I was fine and I, I know my expertise. But then it's like other people's perspective of you because they don't know that I had the nerves. They don't know that it was only the second time that I've actually spoken on stage. And so like the feedback that you get, like, oh my God, like that was, you know, so good or the impact or like just their feedback. And it you kind of like get taken aback. It's like, oh, they see me differently. They see me as the expert on stage, not just... Just Lindsay Phillips. <laughs> like it's just, you know what I mean? And so that was kind of interesting. It was good because it boosted my confidence to go on stage again, again, do the podcasts. But when you get feedback from someone on the other side of the mic, other side of the stage, and they see you like, ooh, like she's a great entrepreneur, she's successful, she's got her stuff together, or whatever. It just always like, not to say that I was famous, but like, it's just that different perspective of you that you don't recognize in yourself.
0: We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight-plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz, and you can find it at www bespokebranding.io. Now, if we move on, what's your greatest fear? I have a
1: huge fear of failure, like putting yourself out there, rebranding your business. Like when I've niched down like twice, I'm like, oh, am I pushing clients away? And then like, is this gonna work? Or like you create a new product it's like your baby. You like put time and effort into it. And then like, is it going to take off? Is it going to work? And so for me, it's like that feel of fear of failure. It's like, it's like this knot that's in the middle of your, your chest. It's horrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know what you're saying. Like sometimes for me, it's more like, I just get these ups, ups and downs in my business. And I just, I feel like, what am I, am I doing the right thing? You know, you start questioning everything you do. But when you have a good role, you're like, oh, this is like great. Awesome. You know, those ups and downs that you have. And every now and then you're like questioning everything you do. And then you're back to growing and excitement. So tell me three lessons learned that you've had over time.
1: One of them is listen to your gut. I have had clients or team members that I'm like, I need to let them go. Like, this is not working for me or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, I push through it. And then finally, there's a breaking point where I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. And then I make a change. And then as soon as I do, I'm like, oh, why didn't I trust my gut in the first place? I get so annoyed at myself. So I'm tr- I, I do pay attention to my gut a little bit more, but it's something that you have to be conscious of. What else? One of them is if you have fear, do it anyways. I find when I'll give an example, like my coach was like, You have to launch a podcast, you have to do videos. And I was like, Petrified. And then I was like, Oh my God. And then I did it anyways. I didn't like, I was like, God, this is horrible. Like, who's going to want to listen to me? Blah, blah, blah. Kept doing it. And then look where I am now. I have a business in the podcasting part of it. So, like, and got clients from it and got opportunities and credibility and authority. And so, It has done me nothing but good. And I find when I let that fear kind of like eat away at me and I don't do something, I feel worse because then I feel guilty. I feel bad at myself for not taking action. So it's like if you're going to feel crappy either which way, you might as well take action and be petrified and then see where it goes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really a great perspective.
1: I would say the third is asking for support. It's hard to do, A, because you're admitting that everything's not perfect or that you're feeling stuck. Like, I did this just a couple of months ago where I was like so stressed and things weren't going right. And I knew I had to make a change. And so, like, I met with a couple of pillars in the industry and I had to, like, I got to admit that things are not perfect right now. And I need a second pair of eyes, so to speak, to like talk this out. And I'm so glad I did. And I felt so much better. And I've got like a stronger connection with these two people. So it's like, I just so appreciate their input. And I'm like, why don't we ask for support more? Like, once I did it, I was like, okay, wow, it wasn't so bad. And it was super helpful. Yeah. It's like a knee jerk reaction. You don't ask for help.
0: Yeah. And it's also like fear of, does this mean I don't know what I'm talking about? It's just so interesting the things. But you're right. Like, Asking for support is one of the most important things, even in your personal life. Like, you know, can you support me here? I'm just asking you to help me here. And I've gotten a little better at that um, over the years, but I used to be horrible at it. But I think if you can be a little vulnerable, I think it really helps and it goes a long way. So tell me, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? I know you've pivoted a few times now, And I don't know if you see any place that you kind of feel like you want to go in the future. I'm leaning more
1: towards guest experts. So people that are guesting on podcasts and helping them leverage those opportunities and using them really to drive leads, business, other opportunities, and also using that content I feel like like I get pod news all the time and obviously connected with other resources but everything that's out there right now is all geared towards the host monetizing the show building their audience tech stuff and I just feel like where's all the resources for guests like there's it feels like there's hardly anything out there so I've again like I have some pages on my website that are like a guest podcast leverage system a podcast uh, guest leverage audit. So I'm like, I really want there to be stuff and resources so that guests can get that support and use their podcast and be strategic so that they do get more leads and opportunities from their time investment, money investment, if they're using guest bookers. But yeah, so that's kind of where I'm leaning in the next little while.
0: Oh, that's really good. Because I was just um, doing a website for one of my clients. And her current website had, I'm not kidding you, like 40 podcasts that she has been guests on. And I was like, wow, like, how are you? And that's a really good question. Like, how is she leveraging that? I was so taken back by, you know, a few people have, you know, 20, I've seen 20 at the most, but like, I don't know. I just kept screenshotting it, all of them. And it felt like she had like a hundred. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But yeah, it would be really good to people who get on podcasts. How do you leverage that? And it also helps the host, I think, as well, because the people who have leveraged my podcast, it's been great. So why don't host have a whole piece on leveraging your podcast, you know, and how do you do that? Because you can't really count on the host doing all the work. I think a lot of it has to do with how much the guest gets involved. And leverages the podcast.
1: Yeah. As a guest, don't be afraid to put it on your own website because that's your hub. That's where you point all the attention to. And I've even created branded graphics where it's branded to them and not the host. But then also, it's like when you look at someone's LinkedIn profile, you can't tell that they've guested on podcasts. And so, like, you know, you can adjust your profile, the content, the featured, the banner to showcase yourself as a guest expert. Because then when other podcast hosts go to your LinkedIn profile, they're like, oh, they're a guest expert. They've been on podcasts before. They're an authority in whatever their field is. So you're more likely to get more opportunities by showcasing it a certain way. Same with on your website. So there are lots of different strategies. Yeah. To get more opportunities and then be seen as the authority so that you can boost your prices and get paid as an authority.
0: Yes. I love that. So Lindsay, tell us where can we find you? What's your favorite social media networks? Like, where do you hang out?
1: I love LinkedIn the most. I used to hate it, but now I love it. I have such great conversations, DMs up the yin yang. Facebook, I'm kind of like I don't know, I'm just disenchanted by it. But yeah, I'm always in LinkedIn. I even have it on my phone for work. That definitely there. And of course, you can go to leverageyourpodcast.com or smoothbusinesspodcasting.com and uh, find all my resources, social links, and all that good stuff.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I so appreciate you. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where your business lands in the near future. And so I appreciate you being on my podcast and I hope to see you and where you're going in the future.
1: I appreciate the therapy session.
0: <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. I love it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Brand Therapist podcast with your host, Yamoka Rodriguez, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.